kingdom experience. The acceptable way of approach to God in admission to his favor. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope Good morning. So starting uh, on the 24th of September. So I'm off a month or two. This month in June, Access, Sunday night, we're going to do a monthly experience. It's not a service. Don't think about it like that. We're going to do prayer, worship, healing. You know, we've seen so many miracles in this house, so many people cured of cancer, and we just felt like we wanted to take that further. And so on Sunday night, we're going to do it once a month. And then hopefully by the fall, we'll have our amphitheater done. And we'll be able to do it outdoors. And uh, just mark your calendar to be here for that. It's going to be powerful. Um, I, uh, I was getting ready to get on, on the platform at the first service. And, you know, sometimes God will just speak to you and you just go like, okay. And it was so nice to have it so confirmed in the first service. I'll tell you about that at the end. But I was sitting there, and I remembered uh, Michael and Ivy. I remember on the America's Got Talent when you, uh, in, in one of that, that little narrative that you said, what will you do with the million dollars if you win America's Got Talent? And you said, I'll buy a home that's going to be easy for Roddy to navigate in because of, uh, of his challenges. And my heart just kind of leaped when I heard that. You know, um, because you could have said anything. I mean, but that's what you said. And then to see you go over to your son, you know, at the win and just kiss him two or three times, I thought, it just really touched my heart. And for a Dutch guy to get his heart touched, it's pretty hard. <laughs> but I was standing on the stairs, and God just spoke to me as clearly as, um, as he could. And he said, I want you to give the Kettiers $10,000. And so... Um, when, when that happens, that means we're going to give him $10,000. That means you and I are going to do that. And so at the end of the service, we're going to have some people at the doors with buckets. And we just want you to, to pray about it and just say, you know, I, I either came prepared or didn't come prepared, but I want to be a part of it. But I really believe that God is going to do something really unique. Should I tell the rest of the story? Okay, let me tell a story. I, I wasn't going to do this. You know, this, services like this, you never know where they're going right? But we'll get there. So the service is over, and I said, hey, I just want to remind you about the $10,000. And my wife came up with a, a woman in our church named Sophia, and she had a bulletin in her hand, and I, I, I knew who she was, and I knew what the bulletin was. And so she got up here on stage, and Sophia's husband uh, died last year, and she requested Kingdom to be played at that funeral, and he was a fireman. And it was, he actually, at this church, during that song, when it was played back in July, I believe it was, really came to faith in Christ. 
And it was so, so coincidental that her name was Sophia, and you have a daughter, Sophia. And she got up on stage. I didn't know what she was going to do. And then I looked at the bulletin, and I knew exactly what was getting ready to happen. And so she testified. She said, that, ho- that song changed my husband's life. It changed our life. And um, I knew that I needed to do something. And so she gave a check, wrote a check for $10,000 for the Kettiers. And I won't go into all the parallels. It's amazing. Then she said that BG song that you sang at America's Got Talent was a song that my husband sang to me at our wedding. Now, you know, you can't make this stuff up. It's just like, what? So I'm standing at the service, and Ivy had, had come in uh, for the service. She hadn't been at the first service. And I told her, and she got, like, gave me this body slam. I mean, she goes, bam. She goes, stop it. Or <laughs> She goes, oops, I don't think I should have done that to the pastor. I said, totally appropriate response, Ivy, in that moment. So I guess the Lord, what the Lord was telling me was that we need to give $10,000 of service. <laughs> Expectation. All of us live by this expectation in life. What's going to happen? What's next? What, what are we in store for? And when I was preparing this sermon, I kept coming back to the scripture, and I told Michael in the first service, this is just scripture I'm giving you. You can reject it, but it's yours. I just believe the Lord put it on my heart for this message. Let me read it to you. It's Micah chapter 4 and verse 7. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. And I saw how you took and you embraced those five kids into your household, those orphans, and you made them their, your own. And you and Ivy have loved them and just blessed them. And isn't that the picture of redemption? Isn't that a picture of salvation, that we're all outcasts, we're, we're all a remnant? And God pulls us in and he says, I love you. And whatever you see, however you see yourself, stop it. I want you to see yourself as I see you. I see you as my son and my daughter. I see you as a powerful nation, as a remnant that's come home to Jesus. Amen? You know, expectation is an interesting thing when you, when you live it out. All of us have expectations. You, like you have an expectation that this service might actually end today. It won't. But expectation is, uh, is biological. It's spiritual, it's mental, it's emotional, it's all those things. And as I began to study this idea, what I found out was we, when we think about expectation, we think about a future that we have. We think about I'm going somewhere and I've got expectations. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get married. I'm going to whatever that is. I'm going to get that new job. But when you really study it, it really it looks more like this because of the, the element that's in our body called dopamine. And dopamine, what it does, it, it really is a, a neural transmitter of desire. So the minute you, you begin to think about some future, some preferred future, all of a sudden dopamine begins to kick in. And then what it does is it really expands. And that's what we're trying to illustrate here. It expands until you hit that point where it becomes real. That is, it's fulfilled. And all of a sudden you go, I can't believe that this happened. I, I, you know, and I was watching that video, Michael. I could not believe how big your mouth opened up during that time. It was just so great. I look at that and I go, this is awesome. 
because that is a fulfillment of expectation. But then what happens with dopamine is you begins this decline here because you don't need it in your system after this. That's why a lot of people say, why am I like a little discouraged after I've had my biggest win in life? And it is physiological. Don't think it's spiritual. It's physiological. There's something going on in your body, and, and then once you understand the dynamics of how God created you for that very reason, he created you with this chemical for a purpose and for a reason, and I believe it's foundational faith. We're going to talk about that a little bit here. But where does this, uh, this idea of expect, ex- expectation come from? Well, it comes from an idea. You get an idea, and you go, this would be a great idea. You know, it can come from a dream. It can come from the Word of God. You're reading the Word of God, and all of a sudden you go, this promise is for me. God speaks to you clearly from that Word, and you go, that's it. But what happens when expectation jumps into your life? It'll modify your behavior. Your behavior was modified on that stage, Michael, for a good reason. I have to say, Michael, I really believe today you sang with greater authority than I've ever heard you sing. I believe it. I believe it, and I think it's just, it's a, it's a part of the destiny that God has put you in. It's whatever God is up to. We don't know, but we're, we're going to celebrate it all the way, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to celebrate everyone, everyone's expectation, right? We're, we're supposed to rejoice with everyone. We're supposed to be, get behind, not ever envy, not ever, hey, why not me? No, you go, I am so excited about what God's doing in your life. How can I champion you? How can I get behind you and make that a bigger thing? And it also increases your energy, When you start getting an expectation, you have something to get excited about, to get energetic about. And, 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 you know, we always say that God is the most uh, exciting person in the universe. If you cannot get excited about him, you cannot get excited about anything. That's why, you know, know, we love the, the wild worshipers, the ones that come up here and they jump up and down. You say, why do they jump all day long? Don't worry about it. You would jump if you could too. You just got like one inch vertical and that's, that's the problem you've got right now, okay? But you see also it opens up new opportunities. When you're energetic, when you have an expectation, doors begin to open for you because people go, wow, why are you so excited about that? What's going on? Can I be a part of that? And opportunities come and it energizes your nervous system. Do you realize that that very entrance of dopamine into your system actually is good for you? That's why joy is good. That's why excitement is good. That's why all these things that we do, they're good for us. Well, we've been on quite a journey with influenced music, and a lot of people don't realize. I mean, the church is six years old. It was six years ago uh, on Father's Day that we had an event at El Rancho that Tammy referred to with a guy named Louis Zapparini. Do you remember that name? And uh, he wrote a, his story was recorded in a book called Unbroken. And we had him, and I interviewed him. If you can go to our Influence uh, uh, Vimeo station, and you can find it there. And, he, and it's just like I look back and I go, how in the world did we get Louis Zapparini, this 95-year-old guy, Olympian, to come and sit in a 100-degree temperature and tell his story about living on a life raft? And I said to him, I said, Louis, I said, I'm sorry it's so hot. He said, it's cooler than being in a life raft for 45 days. I got the 96-year-old guy on stage. He's not complaining. People are like, this so hot. <laughs> yeah, try eating nothing for 40 days, right, and being in a life raft. 
But the journey that God has put us on and the influence music, and it's been a great week. We released the album on the 25th, and, and God just began immediately to do some amazing things. And I want to show you just a couple of images here. Hopefully you can see them. Here's the first one. So Touching, um, Touching Heaven, our album, number one Christian album worldwide. That's not bad. Amen? And then the next thing happened is that the next big thing is Billboard, and we're Billboard number two. You say, I don't even know what Billboard is. Well, look it up, and you'll fi- figure it out. But, but Billboard number two is amazing. I was just having a, a talk with a, with a record label the other day, and they, they were talking about Lincoln Brewster. A lot of you know Lincoln Brewster. Highest he's ever got is Billboard three. Just to put it in perspective. Okay, and I want to show you the next one. So then we have America's Got Talent, right? And so we have our website, uh, Influence Music Official, and right in the Midwest, right about the time the, bu- the buzzer hit, um, guess what happened? Our whole site crashed because 25,000 people instantaneously went to our site. Fortunately, our son-in-law was monitoring it. He upped the server capacity, and we were able to keep moving. But then what happened as an outcome of that is everything just began to skyrocket again, and this is my favorite one. Because these, these are all albums of all time, all genres. Okay? Are you ready for this? Number 11. All albums, all time. All I really want to do is beat out Johnny Cash. See him there? Number 12. We beat Johnny Cash. Now, I don't know about you, but that energizes me. And then I think about what was, what was up here on this platform singing. I mean, these, we got such great singers and such great musicians, such great depth. And, and then we got Whitney down here on the front row. Whitney, you know, I know you're texting your friends or whatever. What are you doing, Whitney? I'm talking about you. You're posting. You, you know, you will get in trouble for this. I still love you. And Ariel, where's Ariel at? Where's Ariel? Hi, Ariel. You're hiding over there, Ariel, and another great singer. And then we've got our, our others up at camp. Man, we just got so much depth. It's just so powerful, so exciting. And, you know, um, what it does is when you begin to, to live with expectation, it increases your faith in God's promises. You start to look at the promises of God different than you ever look at them before. There are times where I make such a declaration of faith, it scares me to death. If your faith declaration doesn't make you uncomfortable, it's probably not faith. You have to walk on the borderline of disaster for God to come through or you look like an idiot. That's what faith is. It's calling those things which are not as though they are. That's faith. That's where you want to be. You see, expectation is the foundation of faith. When you have expectation, you've laid the foundation. You go, I expect God to do something. When you walk out there, you'll see a big sign that says, expect a miracle. You know why? Because we do, and guess what? We have them. I've seen more miracles in six years here than I've seen in my entire ministry, all churches combined. You know what I always say when I say something like that? If you don't clap, would you clap if, if it was your miracle? Let's try it again. If the doctor looked you in the face and said, you had stage four cancer, but you, I can't find any, how would you act? That's what I mean. You rejoice in those who rejoice. Amen? Because you're, when you rejoice in them, guess what you're doing? You're kicking in some dopamine. You're, living, you're raising up your faith and your expectation levels to a new height. Amen? 
All right, so ex- expectation is the foundation of faith. Let me just give you some scriptures that, you know, you look at them, you go, these are so big, can they really be Yes, true, God, I can't believe how big they are, but let me just read them to you. John 15 and verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's pretty big. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Are you letting this kind of sink in? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, your faith goes up. You don't get more faith by sitting around trying to get more faith. I just wish I had more faith. Stop it. That's not how you get more faith. I mean, I go to the mall, and I have faith that I'm going to actually fit into the pair of pants I've picked out. (laughs) Only to leave disappointed. I get in those little hot boxes. Why are they so hot? Have you ever noticed that? You know what I'm talking about, Drew, right? You get in there, and it's hot, and then what's with the mirrors? They got the wrong mirrors in the changing room. If I were selling clothes, here's what I would do. I'd get those mirrors that make you look skinny. You step in there, you go, look at me. I'm like, I'm like Pastor Nate. You heard my theory last week. Skinny people in heaven will be fat. Fat people will be skinny in heaven. Eternity, you're sunk. You're going to be overweight. I'm going to laugh at you. I just... Of course, he has lunch, and he'll eat like three peanuts and a sun, sunflower seed. I'm going, get, yeah, I got a pizza here. Put a little extra pep on that one. We're good. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's pretty big. You say, I don't understand that. Stop it. They were never meant for you to understand. They were meant for you to live. My mind cannot comprehend what my spirit can. My spirit man goes beyond my mind. It is my spirit man that's supposed to influence my mind, not my mind influence my spirit man. That's where rationalism came in. That's where the enlightenment came in in England, is everybody thought they were so smart they could push God out of the picture and they could reason their way through everything. There's a Hebrew word for that, dumb. John 16, verse 23 and 24, I say unto you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. Expectation points to the coming attractions of our lives. God has some coming attractions, right? You get excited. You know, some of you are like Star Wars people, right? Any Star Wars people, raise your hand. Star Wars, I'm just... You, you, like, are the strangest people in the world, right? But don't you, you know, they get excited. There's a new one coming out. When? Two years. <laughs> Two years? Really? Yeah, we don't know what it's about, but we're so excited. <laughs> Never before seen footage. That just means they had a bunch of leftover stuff they were going to stick into a movie because they couldn't, didn't, they wanted to save on the budget. That's all that means. But what it is, it's, it's a coming attraction. You get excited about it. Your heart gets excited, and you say, I cannot wait. Well, let me show you a coming attraction. Luke chapter 19, verse 37. Jesus is now uh, entering into Jerusalem, and it says, He was drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude, the disciples began to rejoice, praise God with a loud voice for the mighty works they had seen. All right, so what happened is they're rejoicing over what has already happened. 
So we rejoice in the miracles we've seen. You know, every time John Meredith walks in this church, I remember the day he walked up to me or he called me and he said, Pastor, the doctor says I have four months to live. Two little kids. I said, well, that's not, that's, we're, we're jumping in this thing full bore. But when he walks in and the doctor says, we don't know what happened, and they described as warrior cells surrounded the cancer in his system and brought him life. And you know what? They rejoice in the works that God did in the past, but then what it says, blessed is the king. King Jesus is coming. The coming attraction is coming. Glory God in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, these were the super religious, never happy about anything, baptized in pickle juice. (laughs) Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. Be dignified when you worship. Don't raise your hand. Don't yell. Don't jump. Hey, I gotta know, I gotta tell you something. Any way you want to express your worship is great. But here's what they were saying. Stop, stop it, Jesus, stop it. And he says, um, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. God created you for worship. God created you to praise him. That's giving worship is giving worth to God. Whether you do that in reading the word, when you do that out on your job, whether you do that anything you do or whether you do it singing. Worship is not just singing. It's giving worth to God. God, you're worthy. You're worthy, God. Amen. God of the universe is worthy. And see, what we find is that our heart is shaped by the words that we speak. When you speak certain words, it shapes your heart and it prepares it for the next event in your life. So they shape your heart in such a way, and then the words that that you speak will begin to ignite faith in you. That's why the Bible says that we, we are to speak words of life and not words of death. It's always amazing to me that people will speak words of death. They'll be critical. They'll be negative. You see, you're cursing the ground you're walking on. Why would you do that? Bless the ground that you walk on and bless the ground that other people walk on and don't hold resentment, don't hold bitterness, just release it all and give God praise because you see, words release the authority of heaven. When you speak the right words, you're releasing authority on earth. And the thing I love about about expectation, it's hard to hide expectation. Ever notice that? Somebody's excited about something? They just can't wait to tell you. You know, you're talking to them, and you're telling them what's most important in you, but you look in their eyes, and you know they don't care what you have to say. They're excited. they got to tell you what's going on, right? And say, okay, what is it? You know, you, clearly you're not listening to me. What's going on? And then they go, oh, you can't believe it. And they begin to, and I go, that is so awesome, so great. Expectation points to the coming attractions. Our heart is shaped by the words that we speak. The words ignite faith and words release heaven's authority, but expectation cannot be hidden. I want you to watch one more time. This is a 30-second recap of America's Got Talent. Let's just look at the screens. I think sometimes actions speak louder than
You can't hide that. Amen. So during the Cold War, uh, the Soviet Union was able to put into space, um, into orbit before we were. And so the Soviet Union was so excited about that that they built a tower in East Berlin. Tammy and I have been there uh, in that tower. And, and they built this 1,207-foot tower and in this sphere that was supposed to represent the, the spaceship that they had sent into, into outer space there, they, they covered it with stainless steel panels. And it was supposed to be just the gleaming demonstration of the superiority of the Soviet Union over all nations of the world, especially, especially the United States. Uh, as they started to complete the construction of it, they noticed something very unusual about the sphere. And, uh, and to the dismay of the Soviet uh, Union. Uh, let me show you a picture of this. Um, an almost near-perfect cross appears on this. You can see it outlined there. You can go on. It's, it's called the Pope's Revenge because they tried to silence Christianity. They had closed churches down. They said there is no God. There's a, and, and they tried to hide God. And then 1,207 feet above, the highest building around, clearly, the highest structure anywhere around is a gleaming cross that's constantly reminding us that Jesus cannot be hid. You can't hide Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together for that. I watched the episode of America's Got Talent, and, and clearly they were, they were very craft, uh, you know, they were easily crafting that so for their audience nationwide, and, you know, they didn't get Michael up there to read from the Gospel of John, and they didn't get him to pray and fast and do anything like that. And, uh, and some of you might think, well, why didn't he get to do that? He didn't need to do that. You can't hide Jesus. You know what happens? Well, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Michael Kettier. Let's Google Michael Kettier. Oh, what's this song, Kingdom? Bam. Oh, what's this album? Bam. Oh, look at all this stuff he did with United Pursuit. Oh, bam. Oh, look at his Instagram. Oh, look at his Facebook. Oh, God everywhere. You have to realize God cannot be hid. He cannot be hid. God is ever-present. He cannot be hid. We can hide from God, but he cannot be hid. He cannot be hid. Heaven cannot contain him, and earth cannot explain him. He cannot be hid. He's God. Your mind cannot understand him, but you can't get him off your mind. Atheists can't stand him, but an atheist can't stop him. Death could kill him, but grave couldn't hold him because he cannot be hid. See, he's not hid today. He's here. He's never present help in time of trouble. The psalmist said, Though the mountains quake and though they slip in the midst of the sea, there is a city thereof. There's builder and maker is God. And she is in the middle of her, he is in the middle of her, and she shall not be moved. The nations rage. He utters his voice and the earth melts. He breaks the spear and he burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. The God of Jacob is with us. In the stillness of those moments that you have in life, God screams. I love you. I have an expectation for you. I believe in you. You may not believe in you, but I believe in you. 
and I'm going to bring you to a new place. I believe today God is bringing some people to a new place, a new place of authority, a new place of expectation, a new place of joy and happiness. And all you have to do is receive it. You don't have to work for it. It's already yours. The bank of heaven is full. It's just waiting for a withdrawal. I think it's time we step up to the teller. Right? Step up to the teller and take from God what he's already given to us. Amen? Let's stand together. We're going to uh, we're going to just sing a chorus of this song, and as we do, I want you to I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this: What's the one thing that you would like me to focus on based on this message today, this experience today, this music, whatever it is? Just how did God touch you? And and just say, just show me one thing, and it'll be different for everybody in this room. It may have been nothing that happened here. It was just like a random thought that came, and you go, what are you connected to the music or the worship or anything else? And God just put that on your heart and just go, that's it, God. And then just offer that back to him and say, God, by faith, I offer that to you. Now let that be my expectation of what you're going to do in my life. Amen? Let that be my expectation. Let's sing together.
Yeah. Ivy, you knew I was going to do this. Come on up here, girl. Somebody, give her a hand up those stairs. It's kind of dark over there. We love you guys. You know, uh, we love this family, and um, I think I love them because they're kind of rebels. And I can relate to that, can't you? You know, amen, right? But uh, we want to just pray just the blessing of God over you and, and your family and, and just ask that God guide you every step of this journey. And we just, we're honored to have, have you, you know, as one of our worship leaders here and, and your family here that we can minister with and to. And so, so good, so good. So um, I'm going to pray for them. And then uh, just want to encourage you, if you want to get a, a copy of the CD, you can get it out in the foyer up front. And uh, there's also some merch out there if you want to grab a shirt from the album. Um, but as you go out, remember, and I know this is hard for you guys because you're standing up here, but there's a bucket there. And uh, we want you to just give as God asks you to give. That's all we ask. Amen? Did I miss anything, babe? Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the riches of the God of Jacob to be poured out on this family. Riches that are emotional, spiritual, physical, that all the healing that comes from your hand will be given to them. That you will guide them on the journey. God, that you, you will just bless them with humility and joy in every step and every moment. And we give you praise and we thank you, God, for this body and what you're doing here in this place. In the great name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Hey, love you guys. God bless you. One thing before you go. um, So next week is Father's Day. How many knew that? Now, fathers, if you ask to get a day off from church, So here's what I want you to do. Fathers, I want you to be here next. We're going to have a special service. We're going to do some really cool stuff. Uh, Michael will be back. We're going to do some fun stuff with uh, fathers and with adoption. And it's going to be really, really exciting. So be here for that. And uh, for the first person here, uh, we're going to have a brand new $5 bill. It's awesome. I know that was pretty random, wasn't it? Anyway, come back. Invite somebody with you next week. And remember, put on your calendar the 24th, Sunday night, access our first uh, evening, evening experience with uh, the power of God going to unfold. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We'll see you next week.